With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kids' PTA meeting? Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. She's represented Team GB at the Olympic Games on four occasions, making her debut back in 2002 in Salt Lake City and hanging up her boots and poles after the 2014 Games in Sochi. From competing on the slope, she slid effortlessly into a broadcasting career as one of the hosts of the BBC's iconic Ski Sunday, bringing news from the slopes to armchair viewers each week. It's given her a unique insight into the issues facing winter sport globally. I'm Michael. And I'm John, and it's those issues that we're focusing on this episode of Great British Bosses from anything but footy. Research from the Austrian National Tourist Board shows that snow sports remain one of our favourite pastimes at this part of the year. Up there with cosy fireplaces, hot drinks and comfort food. But against that backdrop, many enthusiasts remain unaware of the sustainability challenges winter sports are currently facing. I'm Shemi Olka. I'm a four-time Winter Olympian, Ski Sunday presenter, achiever of three Guinness World Records, mum of two, and Protect Our Winters ambassador. And I am really empowered to use my voice um, to make sure that the legacy of our sport continues so that all of us who are passionate about skiing get to put that on for the next generation to come. Shemi, wonderful to have you on as one of the guests on this series of Great British Bosses. First and foremost, let's outline that we do still have a massive love affair despite some of the big issues that we're going to go on to talk about with winter sports with getting out there on the snow and the ice i mean a third of the brits ski 30 percent of the people who actually watch ski sunday don't ski or snowboard so there is passionate people from britain whether we are out there partaking in the sport or just like you said want to sit down and watch it on a telly i think we really care about the future of our sport 80 percent of people who the austrian tourist board um, interviewed were interested in making the right choices going forward sustainably and choosing their ski and snowboard holiday and it needs to be that high because we have to make changes and we have to make them now when I'm snow ploughing down the dry ski slope in Hemel Hempstead or Bears Den or at the snow dome in Tamworth, wherever it is I'm choosing to do it, I'm enjoying the pastime. But when you were hurtling down slopes <laughs> at four Olympic Games, what's going through your mind? What does skiing, what does snow sports bring to you both mentally and physically? 
I mean, I'm definitely one of the 25% that skis because it improves my mental health. I have a freedom when I ski, when I'm choosing my destiny, I'm choosing how fast I go, whether that's 30 miles an hour or 90 miles an hour. I'm choosing the line I take, whether that's flying through the air or cutting it really fine next to some trees. And I think that there's not many places in life where we have that freedom. We have that adrenaline. Obviously, it's a sport that is quite full of risk. I can't sit here and say that you'll never get hurt because I've had quite a few injuries myself. But the brain is the power force. It's You have the mental confidence to choose how fast you're going. And I think that a lot of people within life live within themselves so choosing a sport like snow sports it helps you to to push your limit to get out of your comfort zone very easily Jimmy, you mentioned how many people enjoy watching ski sunday despite never getting anywhere near a slope <laughs> uh in a, in a million years how worried should we be about our winters and the fact that it appears the world is warming up. Very. We need to take it seriously. And I think that's why, I mean, I've just been out into Austria and working with the Austrian Tourist Board to look at the sustainability practices there they've done out there because it is quite doom and gloom. It does feel quite depressive. Um, there's not much chat about climate crisis that has hope, but there are places in Austria, especially in Tyrol, that are, have got the green label stamp. They are, they are both sustainable in terms of how you're approaching the travel there. You get cash back, 150 euros if you arrive by train, which is a lot of money. Um, the, the practices in resort in terms of using renewable energy. I think we've all got it in our heads that snowmaking is quite desirable disastrous in terms of the environment but actually what they're doing in Austria is they're using you know hydroelectric power so that the the water that's going up to power the, the snow cannons is then recycled and it goes around and around the circular motion and um, they've got so much technology in terms of uh, the peace bashes again which is something that we see as being very unsustainable just to make sure that they're really efficient in how they're using the energy and I think if you're making the right choices then you can still ski with less guilt. I've just come back from Austria on Sunday. I had my best powder day on Sunday that I've had of the whole of 2023. I mean, it was like a Brucey Christmas bonus early. It's cold. There's a lot of snow. Hopefully the, the base of the snow, so the temperature of the earth is cold enough to keep that snow on top, which is what we didn't have last year. And we know you obviously full-time Olympian and elite athlete. Are the other elite athletes that you're meeting and interviewing as part of your role with Ski Sunday, are they finding challenges now in terms of finding the right snow, the right conditions to train in? 100%. I mean, we've seen summer skiing on the glaciers really deteriorate, which means that actually, conversely, which is even worse, the environment, everyone is traveling down to the southern hemisphere, huge amount of resources needed for that. Uh, we've seen very early World Cups be cancelled year on year out. The men's tour, um, except for a solemn, have had six cancelled races in six. I have to say slightly positive there because it's because of too much snowfall. So they've just been in Beaver Creek and everyone's working very hard to get these races underway, but there's there's too much snow. So it's becoming a little bit erratic. It means that you, you can't you can't do much summer training anymore, which means that the races kind of put themselves in a bit more of an injury zone because they're flying high and going fast and hard early in the season when they haven't had as much depth and volume of training. They do care. There was a massive um a letter written by Protect Our Winters athletes in February at the World Champs trying to put pressure on FIS to make changes and to make them now. FIS are starting to listen. That's the elite level of skiing. Um, they've just employed someone to be head of sustainability. I've had a meeting with her. Um, I think the voices are starting to be heard. 
but I don't know if it's quick enough. I mean, my son at six years old, I heard him say the other day that when he grows up, he wants to be a ski racer like his mum and dad. And half of me was elated that he'd seen the the opportunities that I've had through this amazing sport. But half of me is thinking, do I need to be realistic as a mother and, and shoot that down and say, hey, Lockie, the mountains aren't going to be around. There won't be any elite seat racing. You need to you need to stick to football. Uh, you are our Christmas special, uh, I will hey! say, uh, for uh, for anything but footy. Question I've always wanted to ask someone who works in snow, Shemi. Does it feel like Christmas every day? Well, so on Sunday, I was in this powder, you know, Munich airport was shut because of snow. And then I flew home to kind of drizzly um, Gatwick. And I was thinking, oh, my gosh. Yes, every day, every. I mean, I'm I'm still that kind of paparazzi person that when you get a bluebird day and, and the mountain is so bright, it hurts your eyes. I still take photos all day and I still have a huge amount of gratitude for it. And I'm very, very lucky. But I tell you, actually, there's not many and you all have interviewed many, many athletes, but there's not many. Olympians who graft for 20 years, who break a huge amount of bones and then retire and want to do their next their sport the next day. And I think that's that shows you the passion that you have to have. I mean, maybe it's called screws loose. Maybe it's called being absolutely crazy. But I I really love my sport and I want to do it for the rest of my life, which is actually why I retired from being an Olympic racer, because my last surgeon told me that if I crash now at 70 miles an hour, then my metal right leg won't be able to handle it and he'd have to amputate my leg. So actually him taking my career choices out of my hands so that I knew what I was risking for the rest of my life in in skiing, not racing, but skiing. So I think, you know, I, I finish my season every year, guys, and I go on ski holiday. Like I finish my work season and I go skiing. That just shows you how obsessed we are with 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 our sport. And I think you've got a pretty important role in life, Shemi, because... Early in January, they take our glittery trees and our sparkling lights away after Christmas and New Year. And then you are that bridge, aren't you, to spring? Because that's when Ski Sunday kicks in, Sunday evening, theme tune. We all know it. We can all hum it. And there you are bringing us the latest from Wengen and Adelboden and and Kitzbühel. But do you think those venues moving forward will still be staples of Ski Sunday? Or will we have to go looking further afield for our, our snow and our races? You've touched on it. And um, well, thank you. I never realised I had the added pressure of getting the January glooms away. God, I'm going to think about you that do. January the seventh this year. I'm going to smile more than ever. But people hate me smiling on telly. I always get you know critiques and trolls saying, "Oh God, that girl smiles too much." Don't stop um, smiling. I'm going to I'm going to kind of detour on your question a little bit. I think it's amazing that the Milan Olympics is on natural mountains which will have a legacy going forward with no fake snow and everything i think i think that is amazing that we've gone back to using mountains i think the olympics might be a bit more of a global event because i want to see them all happening in 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 venues that have a legacy going forward and that have a ski community that wants to keep using them so i think that is great i think the ones you mentioned the kitspiels of vengen they will be the longest lasting ones they will be the ones with legs we might have to keep going higher. I mean, we've tried that. Fizz have tried that this year with this very early season Winter World Cup in um, cross-bordering in Chavinia Zermatt. Um, but it's been two years now where there was some drilling into the glacier. It, it got a lot of stick um, from sustainability, uh, winter passionate uh, journalists, and it hasn't run for two years. So, I mean, they're trying to make sure the World Cup tour keeps a light. But I think... 
there needs to be a bit more of a flexibility. We were looking at this the other day because obviously TV rights, they want these races to be at the weekend. So we don't have a contingency day on the Monday, Tuesday, but surely it's better to get those races happening, even if the world has to watch it on you know back you know not live or something i i don't know i don't know what the the avenues going forward the solutions are and um, but i do believe that changes need to be made soon i echo your thoughts on milan and cortina in 2026 having covered beijing in 2022 for talk sport on the radio it was bizarre to see ski races happening and then you would get the camera shot from the helicopter or whatever and you'd see green and brown all around did you have real concerns just about the awarding of the games to Beijing and the issues that was created. Well, thanks for putting in politics to this chat, which is normally something that I steer very clear of. Yeah, I think the IOC, I think it has a responsibility to show the world that we can be more sustainable in the venues that we choose. Um, I, I don't get involved in that top level. I know there's a lot that goes on financially, um, but I, I like you. I'm really glad the Olympics are back in Milan. I really struggle when you do get that zoomed out shot of a strip of white in a brown or in, in the woods. And I know you say you don't want to talk about politics, but the fact that the IOC have now said, right, after Milan, it looks like it's going to be the French Alps in 2030, Salt Lake City 2034, Switzerland 2038 probably as well. Um, That really gives a definite that the Winter Olympics is going to continue? I think it is. And I think they'll have to start looking at venues that have that broad reach. You know, in Milan, the women are racing Cortina, the men are in Bormio, the freestylers in the vineyard. It is spread out. And that's okay. That is going to be the future of Olympic sport for me, because I think that then we can control um, the crowds in a more sustainable way. We can make sure that we're using the mountains and the natural resources that we have around us. We've got nature on our doorstep and let's use that for positive change. I mentioned those four Olympics that are to come, Winter Olympics. You you did four yourself. What was your favourite? Um, my favourite in terms of personal achievement, performance and memories was, uh, was Turin Olympics, actually, in Salt Lake. It was an interesting Olympics. Um, but I skied incredibly well. I was ranked 150 in the world and I came 11th, but I was coming third for a lot of that Olympic downhill. It was also the last time I saw my mum. On paper, it looked quite disastrous because I was disqualified for the combined because my ski was 0.2 of a millimetre too narrow. Um, But because I was disqualified, I got to go out and have a family meal, which would be the last family meal we ever had. So I feel like fate intervened and let me have that family moment. Um, But that was was amazing for me, that ski, because I skied better in worse conditions than I'd ever skied before. How proud are you of the career you had and that trailblazing role, I think, in British snow sport? I think it's taken um, about five years of becoming confident in the opportunity I had to help people get out of their comfort zone to be proud of what I achieved. Because I know that for six, you know, six to eight years of my career, I had the potential to win a World Cup and I chose not to win. I had a massive fear of failure. I had a huge team. I was one of Sir Clive Woodward's ones to watch. I had a massive amount of pressure to deliver my fast training and translate that into a race when I knew I could win. And I couldn't do it. I couldn't ski at 100% because I had this fear that if I skied at 100% and my best and still didn't win, I'd have to admit to everyone that I wasn't good enough. So I found this dangerous 
um, platform of performance where I chose to ski 80%. I chose to keep 20% in my back pocket to self-validate why I wasn't winning. Um, and it was okay. It was good, but it was, it was really unsatisfactory because I knew that I was choosing to not be my best. And then I put myself in an environment in Solden in 2008, where the second run, I could go all out. I could have the freedom to ski my best. And I won that run. And that for me is, is incredibly proud because it showed that you can be from Britain and win a run in the world cup. And then Dave Riding has obviously gone on to massively supersede that, but I felt like I kind of paved the way to show that we could be the best. And for me, that was really important not just as a ski racer, but in life as well. It taught me that 100% of me, I can trust being the best that I can be because that is good enough, whether that's breaking bones or winning races. It's it's an amazing way to have the confidence to live your life at your best. And not many people get that. And I'm very lucky now that I travel the world telling that story and talking to people about trying to be that best. And my, my life motto is I never lose, either I win or I learn. And I'm still like that. I'm still losing. I'm still failing as a mother, as a business owner, as a TV presenter. But it's really important to have the confidence to do that. Do you have regrets then? Oh, no, no, not really. Because people think that I would regret my injuries and the crashes that I had. But those are moments where I was choosing to push myself to my limit. Every scar I have on my body is a memory of a moment that I chose to to charge, to take that risk and face it head on. And, you know, some of them paid off and some didn't. So, no, I don't think so. You listed at the start, Shemi, all the things that you do at the moment. Are, are, we, are you helping as well the next generation uh, maybe to, to – you talked about your mindset when you were racing, but we've got some great young talent coming through in GB Snow Sport and the more help they can get – to, to, to get to that podium. Uh, are you, are you, have you helped them at all? Yeah, I do believe it is a responsibility that we have, especially because I failed. You know, I think you get more learnings when you didn't achieve your goal. I wanted to win the Olympics. I I spent 20 years of my life chasing that dream. So if I can help someone coming up to to push their boundaries and take that risk. I, I was coaching at a kind of elite level when I retired, but I set up a, a business coaching at more grassroots level because I love the community energy that you get from giving back. Tonight, I'm off to Sandown Dry Ski Soap where I have a community session and I coach people who want to come along. And, you know, I do have a racing session afterwards, but I think it's really important to celebrate the facilities that we have in the UK that can help us hone our skills without a huge financial output and then when you love that, then you can take it to the Austrian Alps. Then you can make that move to go across. So, um, yeah, I mean, I, I, I'm willing and always there to support others to get out of their comfort zone. And we have a massive talent. And we've shown that in freestyle. We're on an amazing start of the season with Kirsty and Mia. Um, and we're going to keep showing that moving forward. And we mentioned Beijing earlier. Obviously, the curlers did incredibly well to get the medals. What about the state of, of should we be more optimistic on the slopes for Milano Cortina? I mean, what is challenging about the Olympics is that it is one race. Dave Riding, who we know is one of the best in the world, was going to Beijing. He knew that it wasn't going to be the right snow type for him or the right terrain. And yet we're piling on pressure because he performed so well just beforehand saying he's got to win. And, and as, as a kind of pulling the, the rest of the team through, that's the pressure that he had to handle. And unfortunately, UK sport look at one race in four years. And so then the funding was pulled. And we have a huge talent in that team with Billy, Laurie. We've got a, a female athlete called Charlie Guest, a male athlete, Charlie Raposa. We've got a massive amount of potential and it's just, it's hard because they've got to deliver on one day. And I felt that in Vancouver 
I, I didn't handle the pressure well. And so our funding was cut afterwards. And it, that is challenging because it does affect the next four year cycle. And without that funding, then, you know, then it's, it's difficult to compete with these big powerhouse nations. But the guys are doing well and getting private funding, independent funding. We, we are very passionate in this country about snow sports. And we've just got to put yourself in front of the right people. And GB Snowsport have got that ambition, haven't they, to be one of the leading snowsport nations on the planet. Is that is that achievable? Is it realistic? I mean, I think if you look at February last year, we won at elite level in nearly every alpine sport in the world. We had a crazy turn of, of a month where every single day the, the ice dancers were delivering, the bobsleigh guys were delivering, freestyle, alpine, uh, skeleton athletes, um, the curlers. So I, I, I think if everything aligns at the right time, which we know in sport is is isn't impossible, but it is very challenging. Then yes, we we can be up there. I think it's ambitious. But what's wrong with being ambitious? I mean, shoot for the stars, and even if you end up in space, you're still achieving greatness. Well, just before we wrap up, um, we've mentioned that this is our Christmas special on Great British Bosses. It's been fantastic to hear from you and hear how passionate you are about uh, the topics that we've been talking about today. But what will Christmas be like for you, Shemi? And you mentioned the family and the boys, obviously, as well. So this Christmas, I'm actually taking the snow train out. So the snow train is back. That goes to France, Italy and Austria. So you can take the train and I'm doing it uh, next week. And then I meet my family. Uh, We're in France where I grew up skiing. It's quite lovely, actually, to go back to where I have all these memories of being a childhood and absolutely sending it to be skiing with my sons, falling off the same mini cliffs as they do. Um, And it's just about that kind of time together, sharing passions. Obviously they're obsessed with presents because they're six and four um, and trying to pull off the kind of the big mystery of Santa Claus. (laughs) And I'm presuming you're on Santa's nice list again this year. What would you like under the Christmas tree? What would be an ideal present for Shemi Alcott this Christmas? Oh, I'm actually looking for some electric um, charged hand warmers because my hands get really cold. I mean, this is, makes me sound really simplistic, doesn't it? But I get really cold hands standing there for telly. I've got, I got the heated socks last Christmas, so I'm hoping for the hand warmers this Christmas. I always thought when I was a kid, I was like, why are my parents saying it's cold? I was never cold as a kid. And now the older we get, the like, yeah. I, re- I really need heated gloves. That is the life that we've got to. Uh, Shemi Alcott, uh, four-time Winter Olympian for Team GB. Uh, thank you so much for talking to great British bosses. We wish you and your family well and uh, festive greetings to you as well. Thank you, guys. You too. Sports Social Podcast Network. It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper, a woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver? I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, avoid, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus.